Women who made a difference, not enough credit has been given. And so I, I, want, I want to talk, uh, uh, because it's Mother's Day, this is a great time to, to dive into some of the women in the Bible. Here's some of the stories. Some of us come from church denominations where women uh, weren't allowed to be leaders, not allowed to be ministers, uh, can't have authority, weird stuff like that. I grew up in that, and, and unfortunately, um, that suppression has really created a lot of harm. And so I want to highlight some of the really cool stories uh, from, our, uh, from the women in the, in the scriptures and realize, help us realize that there's, there's a bigger role they played than anyone realizes. Today we're going to keep it nice, but I got some, got some pretty graphic uh, stuff next week. <laughs> That's a teaser. But there's some wild stories for sure. So uh, let's, let's dig into this. And because it's Mother's Day, let's do a, a quick focus on that. This is my all-time favorite cartoon. Um, now, uh, what have I told you? Never bother mommy when she's in the bathroom. Um, I just thought that was by far the funniest. So anyway, that's me. Behold my mother. This is from Bob Engel. I saw this posted last night and I grabbed it and texted him and said, hey, I'm using that because <laughs> I thought this was great. Um, I, I don't remember actually referring to this ever in a Mother's Day message. According to the story in John, in the last moments before his death on the cross, Jesus remembered the first person in his life, his mother. Jesus' mother was the first person he knew, and she willingly risked her life to bear him, raise him, and give him life. In the final terrible moments, he didn't forget what she'd done for him and, and what she'd done for all people. The second Sunday in May is Mother's Day. That's today. Uh, on this day and every day, remember the first person you knew. She risked, uh, she risked her life to carry you, bury you, raise you, and give you life. No matter where you are in your most personal moments in your heart, behold your mother. I thought that was really cool. So each year, uh, I've had a list of trying to cover all the bases of all the types of situations moms could be in and give thanks to them and give them a shout out. So... Um, I have two lists I'm going to read, and then we have a tribute video. But Lorinda posted this this morning. Went, oh, i got to use this because there's a couple categories here that I've not mentioned yet, uh, including the next picture that you're going to see. So just to those moms, uh, mothers who have lost their children, uh, those who have lost their mothers, those with strained mother relationships, uh, mothers with strained child relationships, those who have chosen not to be mothers, and those yearning to be mothers. Happy Mother's Day to every mother, every grandmother, every caretaker, chosen families, queer mamas, genderqueer and trans parents, incarcerated moms, those who wanted to but were not able to be mothers, moms who have lost their children, and children who have lost their mothers. So at this point, I'd like to share with you a a Mother's Day tribute video, uh, which I think is really, really good. So here we go. Today is Mother's Day, and we want to acknowledge all the women we're blessed to know. We rejoice over you for your strength, your wisdom, your strong love, and your beautiful faith. Whether today is a celebration for you or a day of quiet reflection and healing, we're thinking of all of you. If you gave birth this year to your first child, our joy overflows and we celebrate with you. 
If you adopted a child this year or became a foster parent, we rejoice with you and we want to honor you in your commitment to changing the lives of children. If you continue to struggle with infertility, we are hoping with you and holding your hand in prayer. If you are exhausted and feeling underappreciated for all you do for a house full of kids, we applaud you. We love you and we appreciate you more than you can ever imagine. And if you lost a child this year to death or miscarriage, we weep and mourn with you. And if your child is lost to addiction or to the world, we hurt with you and we join you in putting our hope in the one who brings prodigals home. If you live with painful memories of your mom, we pray that you will find in a spiritual mother all that you never had from a birth mom. And if you're one of those amazing spiritual moms, we thank you for stepping up and being there when others couldn't. If you're experiencing an empty nest for the first time this year, we walk with you in this new season and are excited about the next chapter God has planned for you. If you're single, we celebrate your strength beauty and individuality and join with you in praying for the desires of your heart. If you're a single mom and wonder if you have the physical energy and financial resources to raise and provide for your child or children, we want to help you and we will. And if you're pregnant for the first time, we prayerfully anticipate with you the joyful birth of a healthy child. And to all the special women on this Mother's Day, rest and delight in knowing that we are thankful for you and we celebrate each and every one of you. Well, I hope you feel a sense of encouragement, moms. A uh, special shout out to my wife, uh, who is an amazing mom to our three kids. Uh, she has given everything to them and raise them so well i'm i'm really proud of you lori just I'm just saying it because it's important too i mean it i love you all right it is time to dig into the moms in the bible that i think would uh, uh benefit from us hearing about their lives eve let's start with eve she's after all the first um uh, mom um and the first woman so that kind of is a big deal so obviously eve plays a role in all this but she also didn't have a mother to ask about how to do things no mentor can you imagine uh, what it would have been like for her to have this thing growing her stomach suddenly getting bigger and bigger no clue maybe god told her i don't know we don't know if if maybe maybe god was uh, her mother um while she was going through that maybe she did have co- i just i just thought of that maybe maybe god did coach i don't know but everything that points to an absolutely loving caring god that that fits in there really well i i never thought of that before huh because usually we talk about her not having any um you know she's on her own how does she do this how does she have a baby what's that feeling um how how did do diapers, all that stuff. She had a lot of learning to do, so that that was pretty pretty neat. Um, she also had the mother of all heartache, 
her sons were involved uh, in the first homicide recorded in scripture. How would you like to have your son as a convict? Um, that, that, that's tough. And, and there are parents whose kids have made mistakes. And it's a really big deal. Eve went through this too. In fact, she was also the first mom to bury her child. So <laughs> it's almost like asking, you, know, Cain, you got Cain and Abel, you got the mark of Cain. You say, Cain, where's your brother? I didn't know. I, I didn't do it. <laughs> but he did. And so off he goes and he has to pay a price too. But so mom actually loses both. She loses the one to death and then the other one sent away. Oh my goodness. So that, that's a pretty big loss. I'm not sure you ever realized that about Eve, right? Like we, we don't humanize uh, certain characters in the scriptures. Sometimes we just think of them as some abstract story out there and don't connect with their humanity of the emotions that they really may have felt. It, we need to do that more. It's too easy just to turn the channel. In our culture today, we just turn the channel when we don't like the news or the movie or the show we're watching or your team's losing or whatever. It's easy just to disengage, disconnect emotionally. But here, in these stories, see if you can find those connections. Let's, let's keep this real. Let's bring these stories back to life so we can find meaning in them. If they just become a ritual story of reading it over and over again, um, then your faith also will just become the eh, same stuff and it becomes meaningless. I want faith to have meaning. I want it to be real. I don't want fake. In Genesis 2.18, it says, Then the Lord, uh, Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper who is just right for him. This verse is important because it, this is about equality, not superiority. Uh, help, uh, being a helper does not mean I need help as in you slave me boss. This is an equality thing that was not recognized for a long time. Patriarchy has really hurt the world in many ways. And then in Genesis 2.23, at last, the man exclaimed, This is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She'll be called woman because she was taken from man. I'm wondering if when he first saw her, he went, Whoa, man, that's how we got woman. I don't know. I'm just kidding. Um, but this whole idea of the joy of being with and the connection there, that was it's pretty cool. Then we have Sarah. Sarah is the mother of Isaac. And if you don't know your Bible stories, this is going to be a helpful little journey we're going to do the next two weeks. Um, uh, but Sarah uh, was the mother of Isaac, and you'll find out who Isaac is in just a moment. She was going to be the mother of many nations. But listen, her problem was she couldn't have kids. So how does this work? <laughs> well, um, things weren't happening in a timely manner. And so she thought... Uh, she thought she would help God out. Have you ever done that? Have you helped God out <laughs> with uh, uh, answering, uh, getting an answer to a prayer? Uh, she had heard she was going to have a kid, but then she thought it's not happening fast enough. Um, and so he went and got Hagar. She went and got Hagar to uh, uh, say, Hagar, you're going to go sleep. And that's exactly what happened. Oh, by the way, um, there was a price to pay for this relationship uh, uh, when it came to helping out God because it created another child and a separation was created between Sarah and Hagar. 
So she gave her handmaiden Hagar as a maternal stunt double <laughs> to Abraham. So there's Abraham. He has a baby with Hagar. Well, can you imagine the tension in the house? Can you just imagine? And, and by the way, the scriptures point to that tension. There was like a, a, a serious tension between Sarah and Hagar from that time on. So there was a price to pay for jumping ahead and trying to help God out. Uh, next, uh, this resulted in a child, but not the child. This was not the child that God was speaking of, that he was going to make Abraham the father of many of, of, of many nations or whatever. So uh, there was some help brought in here. And so what about this other child? Well, we're going to get to that a little later. It was not, God still used that. Not a problem there. The child was Isaac. Now this child Isaac that came... Um, uh, through Sarah, because Sarah ended up having a baby, okay? Big deal. So Hagar's child is separate. That child's name is Ishmael. This is Isaac, and he would then become the father of Esau and Jacob. Jacob would father 12 sons. Remember that song? Father Abraham had seven sons. Father. Anyway, that one. So this is 12 sons, and he would become that, the, and they would become the 12 heads of the tribes of Israel. So this is all where all this comes from way back to Sarah, who was way too old to have a baby, and God allowed her to have a baby at the impossible age. Absolutely crazy. Then, after those tribes, from the tribe of Judah would come David, King David. And then, from King David, Jesus of Nazareth, uh, God's promised Savior. The, the lineage here is incredible. When you start to see the domino effect of the impact of these women uh, in the life of Christ's lineage, it's going to blow your mind. There's much going on that we were not told enough about, or maybe we're told and we didn't care because uh, it was hard to understand. I don't know. Although she struggled in her faith, God saw fit to include Sarah as the first woman named in the Hebrews 11 Faith Hall of Fame. Now remember this, Sarah didn't express faith in the written story we have. Uh, she doubted. In fact, when the when the uh, angels came and said to, to Abraham, um, your wife's going to have a baby, she's listening on this other side of the tent, and as if you can't hear through cloth or a tent, she laughs and goes, that right, I'm going to have a baby. Well, they heard that, and she laughed it off. Well, it jokes on her she did end up having a child later and yet the doubting she had was not punished so maybe there's something to this permission to doubt we can all learn from this i think our friday morning grounds and grace group we we had a chat about um faith and doubting and uh the concept of doubt being the opposite of faith when it's probably not it's part of faith, whereas a suggestion was that certainty is the opposite of faith. And, you know, anyway, it's just, it's, it's just a collage of interpretations of what faith could be. And I think it's becoming richer and richer. So here she's named in this Hall of Fame. I'm going to read that text for you in just a moment. But despite her doubting and struggles and tensions, she's on the list of people of great faith. Are you, like incredible genesis 21 1 says now the lord was gracious to sarah 
as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. She had a child. It was much later, and he pushed her patience uh, buttons to the limit. Um, it, it's very surprising. But in Hebrews 11, here's what it says. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who made the promise. So she was trusting the one who was making the promise. So here it is. Like Maybe, maybe this is about trusting our Heavenly Father. Maybe this is trusting the Trinity at work in us, around us, through us doing those things we can't plan or do it's it's pretty profound let's talk about hagar she's the other half of this story with um with sarah um she's the mother of ishmael now listen this is a huge deal okay um ishmael is the well we'll talk about him in just a moment but the the father of the arab nation all right this is where we get the muslim world from they both had Father Abraham, oh my goodness, think for this for a minute, like for those Christians who think the Muslim world is so far from us as Christians, uh, you're wrong, we're actually tied at the hip in ways, um, there's, there's some things to learn here that we just don't realize, there are some things to explore that we've not explored and would help us, first of all, become more loving, more understanding, and realize that our faiths are connected in ways that we never thought possible. So, like, take a look at this in story of Daniel. Daniel in the lion's den. Why did he go in the lion's den? Because he prayed three times a day facing Jerusalem. Well, who else do we know that pray three times a day? Most of our Muslims pray three times a day in, in a certain fashion, uh, pointing in a certain direction. So, wait a minute. Do you mean that practice is found in other faiths? You betcha. It's, so let's not make fun of those other religions that practice some healthy practices. Hmm. Anyway, just a, there's my rant. Done. All right. Poor Hagar. The biggest challenge that she faced was brought on by other people's choices. All right. She had no choice in what happened to her. She's the mother of Ishmael. But Sarah chose, uh, chose her to bear Abraham's child, and Hagar had little say in the matter. As if she can say no, she is a, she's a servant. You don't say no to your boss. It was, it, was, it was understood in those days. You just do what that had to happen. So here, she's placed in the position of having to sleep with somebody else's husband, having to bear a child, um, and live in the same camp. Well, for part of it anyway. Um, but the poor girl, this came at her. She didn't choose this. When Isaac was finally born, Sarah looked for an excuse to have Hagar and Ishmael sent away. That's right. Absolutely. The feistiness, the tension. Um, she went to Abraham and said, get rid of this woman. And uh, poor Abraham's thinking, but you brought her to me. It's your, your fault this all happened. <laughs> I don't know if he said that, but I could have been thinking it if he's pretty human. <laughs> But here we, we have a pretty big deal going on. So before this, Hagar actually ran away. She ran away the first time, but now she's sent away. And both times, help came. In fact, the second time was when she, she almost was going to die. 
And God stepped in a very big deal. Mother of Abraham's first child, Ishmael, became the founder of the Arab nations. They are our friends. They're not our enemies. Just like in the Christian faith, we have extremists, extreme fundamentalism. There's no different than the, the Arab fundamentalists and extremists. There's no difference. The same passion and same belief of, of faulty teaching. Like, oh my goodness, it's, it's scary when you really realize how the same they are. Poor Hagar. What can we learn from her? First, God is faithful to his plans and promises, even when humans complicate the process. <laughs> yes, humans do complicate the process. Surely we do. God shows himself as the one who knows us and wants to be known by us. This is a big deal. She's learning this. Now, keep in mind, when Sarah uh, sent Hagar away and Hagar and Ishmael were out in the wilderness, God came to her and provided and said, I'm going to make a great nation out of you. Like, this is, wait a minute, I thought Abraham was the only nation that mattered. No, it, there's, there's more going on. Genesis 16, 9 to 11 says, The angel of the Lord said to her, Return, this is the first time she ran away, okay? Um, uh, Return to your mistress and submit to her authority. Ouch. And then he added, I will give you more descendants than you can count. And the angel also said, you are now pregnant and will give birth to a son. You're to name him Ishmael, which means God hears. For the Lord has heard your cry of distress. Here's a huge lesson. God does hear our cries of distress. God hears the emotional tension. God feels our emotional tension. God feels our pain, our grief, our loss, our wishes, our yearning. He understands it all. God's not absent from any of us. And he shows it to this woman who is totally distraught. God does come. Absolutely. Now we have the mother, Rebecca, who's the mother of Jacob and Esau. So Abraham sent his servant to his homeland to find a wife for Isaac. So Isaac, is uh, it's time to get married. And so they're nowhere near their homeland. So Abraham sends a servant to go find a wife for his son. And turned out to be Rebecca. So the servant prayed that the right girl to offer water to him and, and his camels. Like this is, I think I have the text coming up shortly, but it's a really cool story. Like the, uh, it's almost like the lazy way out. He's not even there yet. And he says, God, you know, you know, how about the next woman who, uh, who draws up water for me? Yeah, yeah, oh, well, that'll be her. Wow, <laughs> it sure happened quick. Well, like her mother-in-law, Sarah, Rebecca was also barren. Isaac prayed for her and Rebekah conceived twins. And the Lord spoke to Rebekah. Here's what he said. Uh, the mo uh, two nations are in your womb. The two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other. And the older will serve the younger. Okay, this is a prophecy of what's going to happen. So here's a barren woman. Um, usually that's a, a sign of shame. You're doing something wrong. And most often in those days, they believed the gods were upset with you. And that's why you can't have kids. They attributed a lot of curses and blessings to the gods. All right. 
So, and I think in the scriptures, a lot of the written text we see in the scriptures are, there's a lot of exaggerations because that is what they believed and that's how they lived, especially when they went to battle. Huge exaggerations. But here, we, we got a big deal going on. This poor woman, no kids, and God, God allows her to have two kids. And this will lead further down the road into uh, a, a deeper lineage. For Rebecca, uh, growing up, Jacob tricked Esau um, uh, into selling his birthright for a bowl of stew. So this was way back. And Rebecca's watching all this going on, right? She knows totally the whole story here. So the two sons also start to bicker. By the way, bickerings have consequences, right? They really do. Just like when Sarah and uh, uh, Hagar were bickering and one pushed the other one out, it caused permanent tensions. It can happen with the, our kids too. And so be careful with favoritism and with the harshness of tone that we speak. You know, the, the, we there are consequences to what we say to our children. But here... There's a big trick going on. Jacob tricked Esau. He was, um, uh, Jacob was saying to Esau, who's the hunter, hey, bring me your food. Your, your, I want some food. And he said, give me your birthright. You have to read the story. It's really good. Rebecca helped then in the next deception. So there's one deception that happened first. Uh, Rebecca then helped Jacob deceive Isaac into blessing him instead of Esau. And he put goat skins on Jacob's hands and neck to imitate Esau's hairy skin. So Esau was the hunter. He wanted food. Um, his, his brother had made a really good stew. He said, give me some of your stew. Um, and uh, Jacob says, well, give me your birthright. Yeah, you can have my birthright. You know, he just flippantly gave it away. By the way, another lesson. There are some traditions and things in life that we need to pay better attention to. They had this thing called birthright. All right, that that's something we don't understand in our culture. We're we're not wound like that. In fact, we do wills and last testaments. Be careful with that too. Okay, you can get written out of them and into them. <laughs> it's funny how that works. But here we have the deception from the first stew. Then it comes time to cash in. Abraham's about to die. Um, uh, or Isaac's, or Isaac's about to die, or coming to the end of his life, and he needs to transfer this blessing, and so it's supposed to go to Esau. So that's what Isaac thinks, and so uh, Rebecca then helps Jacob, who's the softer-skinned, um, not as bulky per person, and and makes him feel like he is um, Esau. And of course, they trick uh, the blessing, and they get it, and it's a pretty powerful story. You should you should finish the whole one it's a big one genesis 24 42 to 44 says this so today when i came to the spring i prayed this prayer oh lord god of my master and this is going back to how uh, rebecca came to meet and be married okay this is this is the prayer i was telling you was going to come so today i came to the spring i prayed this prayer oh lord god of my master abraham please give me success on this mission Man on a mission. See, I am standing here beside the spring. This is my request. When a young woman comes to draw water, I will say to her, please give me a little drink of water from your jug. If she says, yes, have a drink, and I will draw water for your camels too, let her be the one uh, you have selected to be the wife of my master's son. So, interesting prayer. Um, and it ended up happening really fast. So, he was in luck that day. Now we come to the story of Bathsheba. 
this is a, a rich one. Well, well, this will be the last one we can do today because of time. Um, but this is the mother of Solomon. Um, Solomon was a very wise person. Uh, he's uh, attributed to the writings of Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, um, some pretty good stories there uh, of who he was. One interesting thing is uh, um, at a lot of funerals, I read this this thing called a time for everything. There's a time to be born, a time to die, a time to lose, a time to keep, and all that. Um, that text was written by Solomon, and I usually read it at funerals to remind us of seasons of life. There's a season for every activity under heaven. Um, but Solomon wrote that, and it's the lyrics... The lyrics uh, for the song Turn, Turn, Turn by the Birds, it was taken from that text. So 3,000 years ago, this, this text is still having an impact um, in our culture through music. It's just, it's kind of funny. I don't know if you never, you never put those two together, but Solomon's dad was King David who wrote Psalm 23. Pretty cool. So the relationship between Bathsheba and King David did not begin well. She was already married. That's a problem. Well, God so loved Solomon that Nathan the prophet called him Jedidiah, which means beloved of Jehovah. So we're going to bounce around a little bit here. So this is showing the importance of Solomon and how Bathsheba played a major role in Solomon's life. In fact, she ended up protecting him a lot and advocating for him a lot. But she, she, the, the way the marriage started, bad, bad, bad. Uh, I think we're getting into it. But here's some things that are important. Even though the story began terribly with uh, Bathsheba and David. In fact, David, here's the, here's the quick run. David saw her bathing and went, ooh-wee, and uh, found out that she was married and that her husband was in his army. He plotted to put his, her husband in, front, in the front of the battle where he would be killed for sure, and he was. So really, he took him out. Um, he, David really had... Uh, her husband assassinated so he could take her as his wife well that's a no-no even for god god said nah what you did was terrible and the prophet nathan called him out on it and i believe their first child died as a result of it because he married her right away and so again i think she had to follow through with all this it's kind of the the rules of their day so just like um hagar you know circumstances happened to her externally and i think this happened with bathsheba as well she was faithful she was especially loyal to her son solomon making sure he followed david as king even though solomon was not david's firstborn son all right there's something big going on here she advocated for him this is this is a mama looking out for her baby <laughs> in a very powerful way it's a this mother's day role this this is big. You don't stop being a mother. There's so much advocating going on and care. And I bet you most of the moms watching now, if you've got if you got teenagers or young kids, yes, you're taking care of all of them and you're trying to calm them down. But when they move out, you're still caring for them. When they get married, you're still having a a wonder about them. Now, some of you wish you didn't have that. You go, oh brother, I wish they caused me so much worry. <laughs> I don't know, but um, um, you as a mother, you're always still thinking of them and, and concern for their well-being and have much hope for them. I love it. She was the only one of five women listed in the ancestry of Jesus Christ in Matthew 1 verse 6. Go look it up. There's only five women mentioned in the lineage, all right, 
Um, in fact, those women are noteworthy. We should, I don't, I don't have the list in front of me, but um, that list is big. They all played a major role in Jesus and his history of coming and being who he was. It's, it's quite incredible. Her accomplishments was she was very wise and protective. She protected her son. She used her position to ensure both her and Solomon's safety uh, when Ajana tried to steal the throne. So there's a lot of fighting and bickering. By the way, David, we always talk about King David as, oh, he's the one that, that God loved and he loved God and all these sweet poems and psalms and, you know, praise hallelujah and all that stuff. Um, and he's considered the, you know, the, the favorite child of God. Uh, and yet he created a mess in his relationships. He, uh, uh, lots of kids, different wives, um, not as many as Solomon. Solomon had way too many. Um, but uh, th there's a price to pay. And usually your kids pay the price. And so because of his choices, uh, here he's got one of his kids trying to take over the throne. But Bathsheba is fighting for Solomon to have the throne. And he wins. 2 Samuel 11, uh, 26 to 27. When Uriah's wife heard that her husband was dead, uh, she mourned for him. This is, this is Bathsheba's first husband. When the period of mourning was over, David sent for her and brought her to the palace, and she became one of, the, one of his wives. Then she gave birth to a son, but the Lord was displeased with what David had done. And so that child ended up dying. Uh, David grieved big time. Bathsheba grieved. Um, it was a very sad time. Um, but there was a price to pay. Not, not that that god killed the kid i don't believe that i think that was uh, it, it ended up happening and culture and their their concept of deities would lead them to believe that god caused or made the death happen uh, i'm not so convinced of that uh, it's not out of the equation but i i think there's more evidence to god walking with them today first kings 1 28 to 30 king david responded um uh, when he was sick so this is this he's coming to the end of his life or is it i think it's that it may not be anyway um so she came back in and stood before the king and the king repeated the, his vow as surely as the lord lives who has rescued me from every danger remember david's life was threatened many times your son solomon will be the next king and will sit on my throne this very day just as i vowed to you lord uh, to you before the lord the god of israel so i i forget i think this is at the end of his life he's about to die and uh, he makes this pronouncement so she won she she had the influence something was special there a lot of history especially when he caused so much pain in her life um, they must have walked through it and worked through stuff and had a, a, a unique connection that was not seen before. So th there's a lot to learn here. The, this idea of the moms uh, and just taking care of house stuff, come on, there's much more going on. Uh, there is crafty wisdom, uh, creative uh, economy going on, you name it, influence. Uh, the, the role of mom, believe me, I am not about to start making a list because it's too huge and I'll leave something important out. 
to all the moms, happy Mother's Day today. Um, we're going to come back next week and uh, take a look at a couple more stories that I think are really neat. There's some pretty good backstories, and one of those pretty graphic. <laughs> It'll be interesting. Yeah, which one could that be? And everybody's going to start to look up, which one is he going to talk about? <laughs> I'm not telling you until next week. <laughs> It'll be fun. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed that. And uh, um, what's next? Oh, yes. So for those that do the online donations or you're giving weekly or monthly, however you do it, don't forget, uh, this is how you can do it. You can do it online or send an e-transfer. Uh, we are going to have our Zoom chat. And if you want to join us for uh, the Zoom chat in about five minutes, please message me on Facebook Messenger and I'll copy the link to you right there, the direct link. And you got to use it right away because we're going to have our chat going. Uh, and it'll only last like 20 minutes, half hour at the absolute most. Uh, but we'd love to have everyone join in. Um, it's been a fun day. Uh, I hope you have a really great day. Uh, Mother's Day being a sunny day in Kitchener-Waterloo area is a perfect day. So uh, I hope all of you enjoyed that. We will catch you all next time. Let's see if I can get to this right picture. Here we go. All right, catch you all on the Zoom call or next week. Thanks for watching. Thanks for joining us today.